vision for decision last week, right? Vision for decision. And we talked about having fresh vision for your life and knowing the times and the seasons, right? How many remember what I said last week? It's hard, man. I get it. But I just really, I want to bounce off of what we talked about last week because I want to talk to you about something. The only way to bring vision into reality is the one key I'm going to talk to you about today, and that's faith. So I want to talk to you about opening up the flow. We're going to open up the flow. Remember this from last week. The nature of revelation is to transform and to ignite and to quicken our understanding. Transform. When, we, when something's revealed to us in Scripture or the Holy Spirit reveals something to us in the Word, He, he does those things and we, it brings us, it should bring us to transformation. It shouldn't be just nice, n- another nice word for us, right? And the Holy Spirit wants to bring us into this place where we grab revelation, we're transformed, we're, we're ignited to do something. Because when God reveals something to you, you should be empowered and ignited to step into something fresh that he's already, he's already planning for your life and quickening our understanding so we know what to do in the times and the seasons, right? This is what we talked, this is just a little review from last week, okay? And so I just want to talk to you about faith tonight because without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God, right? And I, I just like... You know, I was thinking about rewards programs. How many know God rewards us? Can I tell you, my wife loves rewards. You know, I like the big things, you know, like the airplanes and the hotel things. I'm all for that. But I don't have a card. This lady has cards, man. Cards and, you know, apps and whatever. You know, she's got all kinds of things that if she can get a reward, she'll get that reward. I'm telling you, it's awesome. But how many of us know that, that there are rewards programs that, you know, all of media puts out. We've got all kinds of things that we can tap into that get you a little extra, right? And I know if it's free, it's for me. Everyone say that, you know. If it's free, it's for all of us. We like that. Salvation's free, <laughs> right? And so the Lord wants us to grab hold of this principle because God wants us to, to really have faith. He wants us to have real faith. And uh, it's impossible, right? Hebrews 11, verse 6. It's without faith that it's impossible to please him. He's talking about Enoch in the beginning of that, right? But then he says this. He says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so how many want to, I want rewards from the Lord, don't you? I'm telling you, I want rewards from the Lord. And the Lord wants us to grab hold of vision, right? Because we can't, when we grab hold of vision, it's easy to have a vision, but then we don't apply faith to it to step into the fresh new place that he wants us. And he wants us to walk things out so that we become fruitful in every good work. How many want to become fruitful? How many want to walk in fullness? How many want the fullness of everything you've seen for your future to come to pass? I do. And so do you. And so the Lord is wanting us to grab hold of this. So he, and you look throughout what Jesus would say, too. He said, let it be unto you. We're talking about healing. Let it be unto you according to your faith. Right? 
And our healing doesn't depend on faith. And some of the things that we get from God come sovereignly, say sovereignly. And you know what that means? That means that God is just, come on, you're, you're a child of the, of the king. And he get, you, you receive things because he's a good God and he wants to give those things to you. But I'm telling you that there's, a, there's something about God, you responding in faith and God beginning to do something amazing in your life as you step into those places, right? And so we, he says this in the Psalms. He said, let it, be, let, it, let it be according to your word. And without what? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then it says this about faith, right? It says that we receive faith by hearing and hearing by the word. And so let it be unto you according to your according to your word. And then he also says in Psalms 139, he says, revive me, or it's 119, sorry, revive me according to your word. So word has something directly to do with faith. Am I right? Agree with me. Okay. Not just yes, man. I just... You know, God is really wanting to, us to understand that the Word is powerful and active in your life. And we want to move in faith, and we want to move in power. When the power of God comes, it comes through His Word. Because you receive a Word. And when the vision comes to you, He said, write, write down the vision. I talked about this last week. Write down the vision and make it plain. How many have made the vision plain in their lives? There's no hands. How many have made any vision plain in their lives? You don't have, I'm, I'm not going to put you under pressure now. But you're going to ask the Lord tonight for fresh vision, right? Because we did it last week, but I'm telling you, there's something absolutely amazing once we grab hold of vision and we move in faith. All of a sudden, all the pieces work together and we begin to see things manifest in our lives. <coughs> what does revive mean? Revive means bring back to life. I'm just going to speak to a few people in here that may have lost vision or may have lost the thoughts on what God was about to do with them or may have put them aside. And I'm calling those things that be not as though they were tonight, okay? Because all of us have places in our lives that the Holy Spirit wants to revive. One preacher says, why do we need revival? Because something's dead. And so why does New England need revival? Because something's dead and it's coming back to life. I can see signs of life, but it's not to where I think that God would want it to be. So we're going to believe God to bring forth revival because I have a vision for revival. And you have a, a vision for revival and you have a vision for awakening if you've got any life of God inside of you. Hello. Okay, am I talking to the right people or am I talking to the congregational church down the street? Sorry. I just got to make sure there's life in here, right? And Holy Spirit, and I, just, I didn't mean that in a bad way or a negative way. I guess I did. Come on, but we, I, you know, we're not talking to tombstones in this place. That's right. That's right. So God wants to bring us into that place where we bring something back to life. So I'm calling forth visions to come back to life. I'm calling forth those things that have not come to pass yet. I'm calling them back to life. I'm calling the things that you've been believing God for 10 years ago, they're coming back to life. Right? Or maybe just a year ago, or maybe it was two weeks ago, and you don't have faith to believe for that now. But God calls those things to life. Right? 
And so God wants to reward your faith. Do you believe that? Because if you don't believe that, then we got to go back to verse 6 again. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those that are seeking him out to see those things that we believe God for and to bring them back to life so that we see the manifestation and the fullness of the word. Say the fullness of the word. Yeah, he wants you to see the fullness of a word, not just part of the words that he's spoken to you. And I'm, and I'm praying for vision tonight that we would go into a place where we can believe God for almost anything. Come on, Wigglesworth had faith for a lot of crazy things. Right? And I'm not going back to the old way. But I'm telling you this right now, God in the new day that he's bringing is looking for radical people who will step out radically in faith to bring what they've always thought to be true to complete life, right? Okay. So anytime we're weak in faith or believe in God, what do you begin to look to? I started thinking about this. God, when I'm weak in faith, I start looking for my own way to make things happen. Right? You look for your own resources and your own ability to do things. And God's wanting to take us out of a mindset of, bringing, of trying to pull something out of nowhere. Because you might as well just bring it out of nowhere, out of the invisible. Right? Because God can do it, but you can't. Right? And so... Get just, I just want us to get ready tonight because God wants to move our faith to a whole nother level. That we believe him for the things that he's spoken to us. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? And righteousness comes by faith. You've been given righteousness, right? It's just by faith. You don't have to believe for that, right? But the word tells you that you're righteous. So when you receive a word from God in your spirit, and he gives it to you in the word of what you're supposed to do, what your function, what your unction to function might be, right? That he needs to speak to you so that you can step forth into that thing. But the problem is we don't step into anything. We wait. And we wait. And we wait some more. So faith comes by hearing the gospel message. Faith comes by the word of God. And so this, this one thing I want to show you about faith is absolutely we need to move in obedience. If you get a word, of, word from God and you move by faith, you, you have to do something to be obedient to the word. Hello? We have to step into some place where God is calling us to step outside of ourselves and into faith and to believe him that the things that he's spoken to us. And you know, sometimes we expect the fruit of righteousness when we're not living by true faith. That means we're living by the words spoken to us and God wants to bring absolute clarity to our lives so we're walking all around all different ways and we don't have things in order. And I've talked about this before. When things are out of order, God wants to bring them into order. And so when faith comes that, listen, this is all preparation, right? God puts things in order. You receive the word by faith or however it comes. It could come before that. And things are completely out of order. Right? And God says, come into order. 
And what's order look like? Order looks like obedience. Somebody. All right? Order looks like obedience. Like what God told me to do simply in the word, right? Just go to Deuteronomy 28. We have the blessings of obedience and we have the blessings, well, we have the curse of disobedience. There's no blessing in curse. There's no blessing in disobedience, right? So the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us and we need to distinguish what is fact in our lives and what is faith. Because we think that what we see and what everything looks like around us is, is, is fact. And we believe fact more than we believe faith. You hear me? And the Lord wants to bring us past that. And the facts are something that, that, is, that could happen or is happening, right? But faith is what? Something that's about to happen. And so you can't go by fact. You can't go, you can't believe what you perceive all the time. Because perception, perception can be deceiving. Right? How we perceive things. How many have been in, in situations with people, well, I think he's, you know, acting that way, and I'm not sure where his head's at. And Come on. We've done it all the time. You all, even husbands and wives, I'm thinking something else, and what are you thinking? You know, something's just not jiving. But God wants us to be in a place where we walk by faith and not by sight because faith will bring us into an alignment with the God ideas and not any good ideas. Come on. And good ideas are all right, but it might not be God. And so are you, what are we feeding? Ready? What life are we feeding? In your life, you're you feeding facts or, or you're feeding faith. What am I feeding? Am I feeding facts or am I feeding faith? Sometimes, <laughs> we, you know, let's just talk about relationships. If you're feeding on, you know, Netflix, you know, funky series or something, and you're trying to have relationships out of dysfunction stuff, and you're watching and you're taking that in all the time, how are you going to have a good life with God and your, and, your, and your new something? You hearing me? So what are we feeding on? What am I listening to? What am I seeing? Well, I, that's my beat, man. You can't take my beat. Can't take my beat. No, my beat's filled with all kinds of nasty language and whatnot. And I, that's going to help my spirit, man. Mm, okay. So what are we feeding on? It is a mindset, and we don't understand because I'm going to speak right now because God wants to break down mindsets that we think that things are okay, that God's trying to feed your life and fill it with faith, but you're not feeding on faith. Come on, where's Mark Matchek today? I'm telling you, God is wanting to feed us with a fullness of faith in our lives that we don't feed and diet on all those things that, the, that are going to pull us away from God. You think it won't pull you, but it's going to pull. You think it's not going to pull you away, but it's going to pull you away. And the Holy Spirit wants us to pull us right back into himself. And he wants to give us strong word. 
If I spend, <laughs> I won't go there. I won't. I start thinking things, and I, don't, I know I shouldn't go there. So I'll just stop. See, I stop. Stop bringing conviction in 20 people. <sighs> Becomes a mindset. So I believe we just need to cling to faith. I believe we need to cling to the word of faith. I believe I, you need to open your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1. And we'll get right on this thing. Because God is wanting to show you. I, you know, there's types and shadows in the word. And we're going to talk about Elisha and the widow right now. And Elisha, when we look at types and shadows, Elisha is a type of Jesus, okay? Everyone say Jesus. We're in church. Elisha is a type of Jesus. And the woman is just like you and me. It's the bride of Christ. And we got all dysfunctions and we got all kinds of things we're thinking and the things that we're thinking are usually not the right things and God's trying to put our thinking straight. But we're fighting with what our, what our thoughts are and we want to we have it our Burger King way, our own way. You know? And so I'm just going to read, I'm just going to kind of go through this and I'm not going to keep you guys long tonight, but I don't think. Who knows where we go. That's seven verses, that's a long way. We're a long way from the finish line. But the Holy Spirit, I know, wants to speak to us something about faith tonight on this. And the power of God wants to change us and transform our minds and, and the way we think, you know, in so many different ways. So, you know, it says, uh, let me just find the scripture myself because I got it all messed up in here. So let me catch up to you. What did I say? Second Kings, here we go. And a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditors, the creditors, the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. And so Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere and, and all your neighbors and empty vessels and go gather. Don't, don't just gather a few. And when, you have come, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons will pour it into those vessels and set aside the full ones. And so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out the oil. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. And so the oil ceased. And she came to the, and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons will live on the rest. And so, Father, we just ask that you do what only you can do. You just ignite the word of God for our lives right now. And that, Father, you bring truth out of things we're not even thinking of. Father, I pray you'd illuminate our lives and our minds right now, that we'd see the word of God in a different way. And, Lord, that the word of God would become absolutely affluent in our lives, that we would be growing and increasing in the word of God tonight. So we break off every, every blinder, every shackle, every chain, 
and we move into the, to the places you've called us. And so we thank you, God, tonight in Jesus' name. I want to just encourage you in your faith tonight because the Lord is going to bring us into an understanding that we are not just people in the earth just waiting for something to happen. God's looking for us to respond, right? He's looking for us to do something. And, I, I, you know, I can't settle with a gospel that says I just wait for something to happen. And I believe that God wants to bring us into something that we absolutely participate with him, right? You join with him. You're co-heirs with him. You're, you're, you're co-laboring with Jesus. You know that, right? And the, the, the word of the Lord is going to come. So it says here that a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And listen, here's, what, here's what's happening. Ever, have you ever gone to the Lord with just a complaint? And I know she's been in a bind. I know she's in a bind, right? I know the story, right? She lost her, her husband. That's not a little thing. As a matter of fact, we have friends that just lost a very, very, very close friend of ours that we've labored for years. He's my age. He just, I don't know what happened. I'm not, I have to find out. But we've been out of touch and lost him just the other day. 49 years old. What do you do? Two kids, and your husband's gone. And so this is the same situation, really, right? It's the same scenario, that all of a sudden, you're without the, the one who brought provision into your house. And now, it's funny, because I, I know this about God. Sometimes he doesn't care about the facts. I was just talking to you about facts before. But sometimes he just doesn't care about the facts. And we say, well, what compassion is that in God? I'm telling you, Elisha is like Jesus in this. It's like you're speaking to the man of God. You're speaking to God. You're speaking to Jesus. And what happens here is he comes and he's dealing with, dealing with the natural, right? And she's coming with a natural problem. And she needs a supernatural solution to a natural problem, right? She's got debt. And the debtors are coming to take her sons. And I know in this day and age, some of us would give our children freely. Come on. I'm just teasing. Come on, i got to lighten you up because you're all getting serious. Right? But some of us, right, the Holy Spirit is wanting to speak to us through this. Sometimes we want to whine. We want to whine about the problem, and God's looking to bring a true solution. And I don't mean to be non, I don't want to be, you know, I'm not being non-compassionate about the story. But here's the real deal, is that Elisha came and said two things. What can I do for you? And what do you have? What can I do for you? And what do you have? And I'm going to ask you right now, if you're asking the Lord for something, what is that that you're asking the Lord for today? Because if God came down right now, Jesus came right in this room right now and said, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Rebecca, what do you want from me? Callie, what do you want from me? Martin, what do you want from me? Most of us don't have an answer. Ooh. Most of us don't have an answer that we're going to give God. 
I'm telling you, this is why we have to ask God, God, give me vision for what's next. Because that's what I'm going to ask you for. I need to know the blueprint. I need to know where you're taking me. I need to know the plans and the purposes for my life. Because Jeremiah said they're all good. I know the plans I have for you. <laughs> right? They're not to harm you, but they're for good. They're amazing things, right? And so the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us today and say, what do you want from God? Because this is why it's so important that we communicate with the Lord, that we fellowship with Jesus. This is why our prayer life has been designed so that you can speak to him, not about your want list. This is not what I'm talking about. But when you're in the presence of the Lord, you all of a sudden realize what you were created for. And God wants to bring us into another level of understanding where we ask the Lord for things, right? that are according to his purpose and according to his will, and they're not selfishly made. Sometimes he likes the things that we like. I promise you. Sometimes he likes what you like. As a matter of fact, I think what, you, what brings joy to you in the kingdom brings joy to his heart. And God's asking you, what is it? That you want. What is it you want? Because he's an ignorer of the facts. Uh-oh. He's an ignorer of the facts. He doesn't care what's going on around you. He doesn't care what the circumstances around you look like. He doesn't care what all the pictures are around you and what you grew up in and what you came out of. He doesn't care about all that. Because I got a list. God, you know what I came out of? Come on, you know dysfunction, what I came out of. But he comes back and he says, what is it you want? What is it you want? So we got to go back to, it was it Habakkuk? Write it down. Make it plain. 2-2. Two, two. Habakkuk 2-2. Two, two. Write it down. You don't have to look it up. But just write it down. Make it plain. So I'm asking you tonight. Ask the Lord what it is. Write it down. Make it plain. Because it won't come to pass until you can articulate it. It won't come to pass until it comes into your heart and you can speak it forth. It won't come to pass if you can't articulate what God wants to do in your life. Well, I'm telling you that's the truth. And I'm telling you right now, God will always pour into vision. Right? There's provision where there's vision, but there's no provision where there's no vision. And he always pours into the son, right? He always pours into the heart of a son or a daughter. He will always do that. Then the next thing was, what do you have? What is it you have? What is it that you think? And see, this is where it comes down to it. Because the, the widow comes like this. She says, I don't have anything but. I don't have anything but this little bit of oil. Come on, I got a little bit of oil. A little bit of oil. That's a little bit of oil. 
Doesn't last in a long time, but it's a little bit of oil. And that's what the Lord's asking. What do you have? And so many of us, right, we're looking for the right thing and the right nice Bible thing to say. Looking for the nice religious thing to say to the Lord. But God wants us to know that everything that he's put inside of you, some of you think that things that have been released to you are very insignificant. And I'm telling you, God thinks of nothing that we have as insignificant. If I only have this little gift, or I only have this thing going on in my life, and I only have something little that, God, you can do something with. And I'm telling you tonight that God doesn't think anything is too small. Right? And sometimes we get, sometimes what's insignificant is the key to the overflow. Hello? Sometimes what we think has no value is the key to the overflow of God's abundant provision. Hello, I'm not taking another offering. Sometimes the little thing we have, sometimes we think it's very insignificant, but it's the thing that puts us in the flow of God. Because we don't think of any value on it. Or we think, eh, it's, it's just a little bit insignificant to God. But he thinks of nothing is insignificant, right? Talk. So we're always looking for something spectacular when he's not really looking for the spectacular, right? Didn't he say, didn't he say to the, <laughs> Jesus was... When they fed the 5,000, right, he's down there, and then the, the lad with, you know, with the long drawn silver's bag, right? We don't even have long drawn silver around here. He had a flay of fish. Here you go. But he said, take that, and what happens is this is what happens. He takes something that we think is insignificant, and he blesses it. Oh, and he break, first he breaks it, then he blesses it. And there's something that we're carrying, there's something that we have, and there's something that God wants to take, and he wants to bless it. So that it all of a sudden expands and overflows. And we think we need to be some articulate, we have to have some talent, we have to have something that's going to ah and ooh and eh and everyone. Come on. When it's not that at all, God wants something from you that you think is absolutely worthless, and it's probably a key to opening up abundance for you, because you're very good at that one little thing. Wow. And I love this. I got all these vessels, right? Started grabbing them from everywhere. Here, here's the insignificant one. That's kind of elaborate, but. But he said, go, go. Go get vessels from everywhere. And the crazy thing is, he says, go borrow vessels from your neighbors. And I started thinking about this. What? The problem with all of us is we want to do it all on our own. 
The problem with every one of us is we want to be self-sufficient. We want to do it with our stuff. Even in church, we don't need anyone else. No, we can do it. Especially in the body of Christ. We don't want to give, we don't want to spread it out. We don't want, God's saying, grab vessels from everywhere. Grab things from everywhere and borrow them from your neighbors. And let me tell you what, God, we can use, <laughs> ready? Gave me a different perspective on some things. Why do I have to reinvent stuff? Why do you have to reinvent yourself? Because God will let you use different models and different versions and different things. Think of it like a business. He can do it in business. He can do it in ministry. He can do it in, in, in branding yourself, whatever that looks like. Right? Oh, well, everyone's into branding themselves because of social media now, right? But why you can use something borrowed. Come on, you can try it on. It's not Saul's armor. You don't have to wear it every day. No, I'm serious. I'm completely serious because we can try it. Listen, you just try this vessel. But the problem is you've got to have your own anointing inside there. Right? So I can be using this vessel. God's going to give you something fresh to put inside that vessel. Because most things, right, how many know that so many things take off because even with business and products, someone improves on a product that's already there because they have a different idea and a different, pro different come on, different niche. Let's just talk about niche. And even, can I just talk about ministry in that way? Because I don't have to, I'm not going to copy someone. But come on, there may be something of a style or something that other people use that you can use. But you put your own oil in it. And God's looking for vessels to contain the oil. It doesn't matter about the vessel. There we go. It doesn't matter what the vessel looks like. They can be borrowed. They can be your neighbor's. Come on, that's someone that lives right next door to you, and then you reinvent that thing. He said, just don't gather a few. Don't gather a few. we got to gather many. Because God wants to pour out more oil than you have, and then you, you can't contain. Didn't he say that? Oh, man. He said it in Malachi. We're going back to offerings again. Right? He says, test me in this. When you give to the Lord, test me in this. Because I want to pour out a blessing that can't be contained. That means this stuff, the oil's all over the place. Because you can't contain it. And so we're going to borrow to fill. Because we don't have the capacity sometimes to fill it all by ourselves. There's so many different things we can think about. Borrowed, gr grab the vessels from every place, every single place. And God wants to, in he wants to fill the vessel with more oil. So we're so focused on being in a creative flow. Can I just talk about that for one minute? Because that's why I'm talking about these borrowed vessels. 
Because sometimes we get stuck because we don't know how to reinvent what God already gave to us. We're always trying to reinvent. People trying to reinvent themselves. People trying to just be someone else that they're not. But God's just really wanting you to be able to step in to what he's spoken to you and to, pour, to allow the Lord to pour into those things. So you can open your life so that something new, something fresh, fresh oil can pour into that. And so he's just looking for your oil, right? And then when it, then it says this, verse 4, when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her, her and her sons who brought vessels to her, and she poured it out. Can I tell you tonight that some of you don't need the approval of many to allow God to pour into you what he wants to pour into you? Are you hearing me? Here's the problem. We all try to please everybody. We're all trying to please, man. We're all trying to be, you know, get the approval. Social media and all the nonsense will prove it because it's, you know, we're looking for how many likes, how many, how many hearts, come on, how many laughs, how many thumbs up, come on. You are looking for stuff for approval. And I'm telling you right now, when it's God, it's someone has to just shut the front door. You got to shut the door. You got to shut the door. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, when you shut the door, when you shut the door, when you shut everyone else out and you meet with God, God's calling you to that place where you live out of a place where you're hidden with him and the oil will begin to flow in ways you've never experienced before. It says, pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees in secret, what? Oh, reward again. He will openly reward you. So where's faith begin? Faith begins with Jesus. Faith begins with a face-to-face -face encounter with him. Face-to-face -face after you shut the door on doubt, after you shut the door on unbelief, after you shut the door on the critics, after you shut the door on all those things that are going to try and poke and nag and gnaw and trying to come after the vision that God has given you. Acts chapter 9, verse 40, it talks about Peter. He, he got everyone out of the room. The girl had died. Same thing later in, later in with Elisha, right? The son had died and he closed the door. We've got to shut the door on all the things that are going to try and destroy and take away and tear down and pull your vision. There's been people in your life in the past that have criticized the things that you have done and it has caused you to have disheartened feelings towards what you're believing God for in your life. And so you need to close the door. 
close the door. Never open it again. Don't open it again. And some of us, we've, we've been taking criticism, and God's saying, shut the door. Shut it. Shut the door. It says that Peter went out, and he shut the door. And he began to pray. And the young girl came to life. Elijah, the same thing. Shut the door. Lay down. Where do we get revival? We close the door. Where do we find awakening? We close the door. You got to close the door. Because if I start doing things like everyone else, I know I, I said we use models, right? But if you start thinking that you're the way, the thing that God gave you is supposed to look like everything else, we're going down a wrong road. Because it will not. And God will give you a different flavor. He'll speak to you in different ways. He'll give you a different word. He'll, he'll speak to you for, for whatever the business is to look like, whatever the things that you're going to build, whatever the things that you're believing for. And you tell people what you're believing for, and they think you're cuckoo bananas. They don't say it, but they say it to their friends. Uh-oh. That's okay, Right? Holy Spirit wants you to come into a place where you grab hold and you, you lay down and you kneel and you believe. So he said to her, there's not another vessel, right? The, the sun comes out. She's asking for more vessels. There's not another vessel. Why? Because the capacity of what you can conceive and what you can believe for has been filled. And that's a good place to be. Right? When does the oil stop? When you stop making room for it. It's a double-edged one because I believe God wants to fill it up, but he, don't, he doesn't ever want us to run out of vessels. He doesn't ever want us to run out of space that he can pour something fresh and new into. And some of us are so cluttered that we have, listen, oh, let's just go back to that. Some of us, we can't fill this. I forgot something that I was going to say. Because you've got things in this glass that can't be filled. You've got stuff already in there. You got unforgiveness in there. You got to dump it out. You got places where God can't fill because you got something already stuffed into that vessel that he can't get by, that the oil can't flow over, right? It can be anything. So the Spirit of God wants a clean, come on, empty vessel. Empty, empty, empty vessel. He wants an empty vessel. He wants something that's not clogged up with, with unbelief. He wants something that's not clogged up with, with, with all kinds of stuff. It can be whatever. You can put a name on it. Come on, you can write your list right now. But the thing is, fear is the number one thing blocking that thing. Because we don't let oil flow because we're afraid. Right? So we don't want the oil to run out. We don't want the oil to see, cease. And God's looking for vessels that can contain the glory of the Lord, right? And so tonight, even as we're, as we're talking, you know, his provision is in the vision. What is it that you want? I'm going to go back there. What is it that you want? What is it that God's been speaking you over and over and over again. 
And maybe it changed a little bit only because God added to that. But he wants to pour out something into your life so that you can absolutely engage with that and step into that and walk it out. Right? He has provision for the vision. And I'm just thinking about people in this place that I even know that you've put things on delay. It's been on a delay button. Because, mostly because I think of how we perceive ourselves and how we fear stepping into the next thing, right? And God wants to pull us out of that fear and into the fullness of faith. Hear me. Well, that's it. This cat's tapped. I'm encouraging you tonight. I'm encouraging you to just allow the Lord to speak. And I'm serious when I say write it down. It's not a, it's like something that's said in Scripture for purpose, right? I read that verse out of Isaiah 50 last week, too. It said he's given me a, a what? A, a, the tongue of the learned and a, and a sharp pen, right? So that you can write down. The vision that God gives you. So it just doesn't stay there in the air somewhere. Because most of us are really good about leaving stuff right in the air. Yeah, I saw this, I saw that, and we just leave it there. But God's saying this, write it down. Some of it God's already given you. And it's a matter of giving, stepping into application. And that's where the oil comes. It's where the oil comes. I know what God spoke, right? So now, God, I'm just going to find every empty vessel. Look at y'all. Y'all are empty vessels. Find vessels from everywhere. It's not for my provision. It's for your provision. And God's looking for a people that are just empty and allowing him to just come in and pour the oil. The oil of who he is. What did I say? You go into the secret place, shut the door. You go to move by faith. You go to that place and you shut the door on all the voices that are going to come. Because he doesn't, Holy Spirit doesn't like any other voice other than his own. I'm telling you the truth. He wants his voice. He wants to be the one that's exalted. He wants to be the one that we obey. So we just begin to step in and we move into faith. And there's nothing holding you back. The only thing that's holding you back is you. So let's, let's stand and pray. we thank you for every place every vessel in this place and Lord I'm asking that you just release that vision those that have vision that they'd run with it and that's what the scripture tells us is to run 
But Father, I'm asking, Father, tonight that you just release a grace to be filled with all the, all the anointing, all the faith. And Lord, when we're filled tonight, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, that we're able to run with the vision. So God, I thank you tonight. I thank you for ideas. I thank you for creativity. I thank you for all the things that you've already done in people's lives. And I'm asking that you would increase that over there, over their spirit man, over their, their mind. Father, right now, that there would be nothing that would block them from stepping into the fullness of what you called them to. There would be no more delay buttons. There'd be no more places of, I'm going to hold off. God, I thank you that you're moving us into a realm of faith, that we believe you for every single thing, every, every footstep, every place where we step our foot. And I thank you for the fire and the power of heaven. I thank you for the release of heaven tonight. I thank you for the glory of God tonight. I thank you, Father, that you're filling right now. We just speak that, Lord, we'd empty every place and we'd open the vessels. And I thank you for a pouring. I thank you for a reviving, reviving vision, reviving faith, encouraging, releasing, equipping. I thank you, God, that we don't set anything aside. Lord, that we have it constantly before us. And those things, as we understand and know what the season is, that you help us to move into that. Lord, I pray for movement in the body. I pray for even people watching me tonight. Father, there be movement in their lives. And Lord, Lord, you'd move us into the place of fulfilling faith. I thank you for fulfillment. I thank you for the fullness. I thank you for the completion and doing the good work that you've called us to. So we just bless tonight. We thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.